tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed. And a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to tinfoil hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink. And welcome to Tinfoil Hat. Uh, you know who I am. You know what I am to do. I'm here to rock, okay? That's it. Rock. All right. Big day. We're back. Joining me, as always, is the man, the myth, the legend, the giraffe king, <laughs> XG in the place of E, Xavier Guerrero. How are you? Good, good, man. How, now, you go from uh, doing tinfoil hat conspiracy comedy crowds to straight up fucking... Vita Loca, Cholos. Cholo shit. How's that? How's the Cholo shit? It's good, man. Do they like the, the lizard the people drugs. shit? Uh, I try to stay away from the conspiracy with hey, them. Hey, Punta, what's up with these lizard people? Essay. <laughs> it's like, why are they all bisexual, dog? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, they Anyways. hate Trump. They hate Trump. They do? Oh, yeah. Cholos ain't about it. You don't have heard like YG and all those rappers talk bad on them? It's so interesting because so many, I, the ones I meet, like... Does George hate Trump? Cause no, he don't hate him, but like it's just like they don't. Yeah. Every time I bring up the joke, every time I bring up jo uh, Trump joke or anything, at a, they're bug. Get yeah, out of here. You're exactly. They're like, ah, the you like it. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's you know a conspiracy right there. What right happened there? to the Raiders? Oh, um, shit. Guys, uh, <laughs> I want to start off by real quick because I, I, I did a whole, I broke down the whole thing that happened with our channel. Last week uh, on the Patreon, if you go to patreon.com backslash tinfoil hat. Now, a lot of people have said I don't talk about it enough because I try to keep all the uh, plugs kind of short because you guys go nuts when they're too long. But I just want you to know that on, on Patreon, I am dumping so much content on there. I'm doing audio uh, podcasts. I do two videos. One is called uh, Conspiracies Now and that is basically where it's more the bizarro, weird stuff that maybe the, that can't play well on the regular feed. It goes a little, little weirder, a little crazier, and that's out of the comedy store, and that's called Conspiracies Now. I have something called On the Record. That's where I call, uh, if I call like somewhere like AT&T or something, and they're like, this call is being recorded. I record the call as well, and then at the end, I tell them about the lizard people and the flat earth and space isn't real, and I've it's all on the record he saw it and you can listen to dana yeah. freak out about what is wrong with you are you a crazy person no it's called comedy gold okay and then i also do rants on the patreon it's five dollars and you get upwards of two to three hours every week on that channel because i just now that i'm sober i talk to myself all day so i might as well film it for your pleasure so go to patreon.com backslash 
uh, tinfoil hat. Now, I want to thank some people, uh, and I could do a whole show just thanking people. Uh, a lot of people reached out. I want to thank Joe Rogan. I want to thank Andrew Schultz. I want to thank my YouTube guy, Bill Shannon, for all going hard in YouTube's guts and to get back my my YouTube channel. Uh, I wish it would have taken a little longer. I could have drawn the sound, got a little more action out of it. But <laughs> we are back. We are back, and we're very thankful to be back. Uh, I want to thank everybody in the conspiracy community or the alternative news or the research groups who all went to bat for me, whether it was Abby Martin or uh, Red Pill 78 or Jason Burmese or Jay Dyer or, or Conspiracies Not, uh, Conspiracy Farm. Well, I mean, I could just go on forever. And, conspiracy you know, guy American. hit me up. Yeah, I, Conspiracy Guy hit me up. Yeah. He even was like, yo, that's not cool. Yeah, everybody hit What's us up. up. Uh, everybody went to bat. And the fans, you were great, too. And I could list you guys forever. And I would love to. Uh, I would love to. I can't thank you guys enough. And listen, man, Who? Th th there's eight different reasons why I it got taken down. <laughs> Some say Blue Chew. I had somebody hit me up going, Blue Chew is actually in their accepted advertisers, and CBD is not. So what is it? And all I know is that CBD and Blue Chew are both advertised on every single channel. You don't need a prescription. Yeah. If you don't need a prescription to buy it. Well, you do. Uh, the Bluetooth gives you a prescription. You actually answer a bunch of questions and you get a prescription. That is technically a prescription, you know? And then you have CBD, which everybody's doing. That's at 7-Eleven. Which lets you know that basically I think it's a pharmaceutical thing. And I really do think that YouTube doesn't want you putting any ads on their videos, which makes me think we're moving into this. Uh, they want to be a network, you know, and they got pre-approved and they got to get a piece of everything, uh, which is why uh, this show will be moving all of our videos to tinfoilhatpod.com. So we're going to be putting clips on the YouTube channel so you can get it on YouTube. And, you know, we want to keep growing that channel, but the whole actual hour and a half, two hour show, you will have to go to tinfoilhatpod.com. That way, I don't get any more strikes because it's not even taking down the channel that scares me. It is the you can't ever use YouTube again. Basic. Here's the exact thing, and we'll bring in our guest in two seconds. Uh, here's the exact uh, line that they used that they said, which was, um, here it is. So this is this makes me nervous. Please be aware that you are prohibited from accessing, possessing, or creating any other YouTube accounts, which to me says that is a ban for pushing boner pills, right? I mean, and not only do you have that, you have your special up there. Yeah. They, they took that out. I was like, yo, yeah. what the fuck? That, yeah. was, that has they nothing to do with it. They took every video that isn't even there. So I don't want to get, because I don't want to keep our guests waiting, but trust me, man, this is going to be for the best. If you go there, we can go hard in the paint. We'll never have to worry about YouTube's rules. And if you want to watch small clips on YouTube, because honestly, some of you guys aren't going to follow us over there. And that sucks. Because it's much easier for you just to go to YouTube and then complain about the censorship. Well, you got to do something about it. We got to go. Like, BitChute's great. It's a wonderful website. Nobody's over there watching anything. Like, if you all went to YouTube. I mean, like, dude, the conspiracy world cost Google and YouTube $80 billion. Where are you? Why aren't you over there? I mean, all the conspiracy, all your researchers are dying to find a place for you guys to go to. But if we create that place, you have to go there and you have to support us there. You know, 
It's it, it's kind of crazy, man. Uh, so yeah, I think they're trying to control the ads, which is hilarious because I got an ad right here for BetDSI. Go to <laughs> BetDSI, use a promo code uh, HAT100, and you will get, uh, they will double up all your deposits up to $500. And dude, I'm making money. Johnny's making money. He's making bets. He's betting on his teams and he's losing because his, <laughs> his teams suck. Okay, I'm crushing it. I got nothing but winners except for the Raiders, but they're throwing it. They're throwing the whole thing. So go there, make bets, parlays, boxing, UFC, football, basketball is cooking with gas. And whatever goes on in New Zealand, I think that's rugby or uh, whatever. No, no, cricket. And then they also have like murder ball, I think it is, where they just (laughs) throw ball and everyone just beats the fuck out of each other. I love that sport. Uh, So go check it out. Support, support everybody. Who is uh, who supports the show, guys? We got one more live. We got two more live shows in 2019. The first one is uh, Comedy Chaos Live at the Comedy Store tomorrow night. Brought to you by ABX.org. The absolute extract. Uh, it is Comedy Chaos. We're doing one show, and it is huge. Joey Diaz, Russell Peters, Whitney Cummings, Brian Callen, uh, Donnell Rollins, uh, Christina Hutchinson, who is a smoke show. And uh, my good friend, Jason Rouse, who will be coked out of his skull. If you ever want to watch Canadian do <laughs> comedy, coked out of his skull, go to see Comedy Cast. One show. Tickets are moving quickly. $25. That's a $300 ticket anywhere else you go. At the Comedy Store, $25. Go check that out. And then the final Tim Hat Comedy Night, Eddie Bravo, XG, myself, will be at Portland. We'll be in Portland at, what's the name of the club? The, um... The, oh, the Mississippi Studios. Studios. Mississippi Studios. So go, uh, you can go to samtriplee.com, grab all those tickets. Yes, we are live. We are kicking ass. People like us. We, you know we're doing well. Um, today's, dude, listen to me, man. You know what I love going on is Twitter and just finding these researchers who just go deep dives and then they do like a, a 20 tw- tweet thread and it's just like, Mind blown, mind blown, boom, 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 boom. And it's like our guest today is one of them. He has a uh, he has a YouTube channel and a podcast called Crypto Beast. He's one of my favorite researchers on Twitter. I mean, this guy pulls no punches. He goes fatality every time. <laughs> Uh, he's one of. Please welcome to the show. It's an honor to have him on. I I think I might set the record for the least amount of talking this episode because what this guy's going to talk about is me. Please welcome Steve Outram, everybody. How are you, buddy? Uh, great, thanks. Great to be here. Thanks for having me, dude. What a wonderful thing it is to be able to talk to you in New Zealand. I mean, like it it blows my mind. Five years ago. I mean, we had Skype, but were we doing this? No. And like well, now, super. we're doing a show with a guy in New Zealand. Tell us a little bit about your podcast and your YouTube channel, Steve. Sure. Well, I have a background in the tech industry. I wrote a program called Hot Dog in the 1990s, which was the third most downloaded software on the internet in, in 1997. And I sold my company, uh, retired when I was 26, uh, became a tech investor. I lived in San Francisco for a long time and then I uh, had another tech company that I took public and retired again in 2013 and decided that I wanted to become a researcher. And I've always been into conspiracy theories even before the internet. And uh, I was also into Burning Man. So I got my start kind of looking into what's going on with Burning Man and how that all ties into Silicon Valley and uh, just started uncovering more and more stuff and decided that the best way to 
present my research uh, was YouTube, you know, where I can talk about it. I can play people speaking in their own words. I can play videos, post links and stuff like that. So, yeah, uh, follow me on Twitter at Steve Outram, O-U-T-T-R-I-M, and Crypto Beast on YouTube. That's unbelievable, dude, that you were able to retire at 26 and do all that stuff. So it's like it's crazy that this thing was created, the Internet, and you were smart enough to be able to take. I always talk about that. Like, what if you're the Michael Jordan of something that hasn't even been invented yet? Right. Like you're the greatest time traveling hide and go seek guy in the world. But because it's not here, you're sitting on a bus bench waiting to go to your job at Applebee's. Right. Like it's incredible that you were able to uh, just take advantage of the situation here. Even what we're doing right now. What was it about computers that you loved when you got into it? Uh, well, I was probably eight years old when I first saw a computer, and uh, I, the first computer I ever had, uh, there wasn't even a disk drive, so you couldn't save anything. You had to just program it, and when you turned the power off, you lost everything. So it was a good way to learn how to program, and I, I loved being able to create things for myself, but you know, when I was a kid, it was just computer games. I just played computer games all day long. You know, I'd come home, I'd do my homework on the bus on the way home from school so I could have more time playing computer games. And, uh, you know, people are very dismissive of of gaming, but it actually teaches you a lot of skills. It teaches you strategy, teaches you uh, competition and, and how to interact with other people, you know, particularly these days where video gaming is becoming quite social as well. Well, it blows my mind because when I was a kid, you know, I loved my father, but the amount of uh, bad advice he gave me as a child was unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> you know, first of all, he told me, never, dude, stop playing video games. You're never going to be able to make money in it. And now these kids are just like racking fat stacks, right? I mean, like the amount of genetic, I mean, like it, they're going to get so rich, these kids, they're going to start banging tens, right? They are banging tens. <laughs> right? They're going to start yeah, banging they tens. They've, they've got groupies, right? These gamer yeah. kids have, have got huge audiences. It's mm. unbelievable. And then mm. you're like, who's got the worst genetic makeup? Like right uh, now. Video game players, poker players, or bowlers? Which one is like ruining the gene pool? <laughs> I don't know. But right now, I clicked on that Twitch thing. There's, there's this guy getting 45,000 views right now. Jesus Christ. Well, Live gonna, views. Well, if we wanted that, we could get that too. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're killing so, it, man. So you saw what happened with me over the weekend. I was very blessed that I had some good friends who were able to go and get in, like I said, to YouTube's guts and do something. But not everybody has been a friend with Joe Rogan for 20 years, been a friend with Andrew Schultz for a couple years, has a really great YouTube guy that can go in there and figure everything out. Like, we're, we're entering a very dangerous place right now where, you know, one company it isn't just the market share, it's the marketplace and their personal politics is affecting business. Because, you know, <coughs> the blessings are is that this show, <coughs> excuse me, is doing very well. And I'm blessed and it only grows. I actually believe it's bigger than YouTube is telling me. I could be wrong. But, um, you know, it's doing very well. And with that becomes an opportunity to make, you know, money. And, like, I know people in the truth community is like, oh, he's just here for the money. If you're not here for money in anything, you're an idiot. Okay, there's nothing wrong with making a dollar. My dad said that. One of the good advice he said, never hate anybody for making a dollar, okay? There's nothing wrong wanting to pay your bills. And actually, the more money you're able to make on projects like this allows you to put more time into it, okay? Um, 
But now, because you know, I, I, I'm blessed that people are interested in working with me in a capacity that you know will allow me to do pretty well. Uh, you know, but YouTube sitting here and, and taking down my channel very much affects my ability to make money and to be able to support myself and stuff like that. And because, you know, they're whole debating whether it's uh, it's Blue Chew or whether it's CBD. But the problem is everybody's doing both of those and some are getting taken down and some are not. Like, Google is getting to a danger. Is it too powerful in your opinion, Steve? Yeah, for sure. Because, uh, you know... it. It's kind of like a utility, like electricity. You know, people really depend on the internet. And I think a lot of people don't really watch TV anymore. They watch YouTube and Netflix. And, and that's kind of the source of content and information. And so it's interesting what you're doing, driving everybody to your website, you know, because that's where I came out of the world of websites. And about 10 years ago, there started to be the shift where they're trying to pull everybody away from websites. Just go to Facebook or Twitter or YouTube and get all your information there. But YouTube's own policies are kind of forcing people back in the other direction that we're going to have to go to websites again because on these big platforms, it's not just that the censorship is going on, but it's happening behind the scenes in the darkness. You don't know why you got censored. I mean, still to this day, you don't, you don't really know why you got banned. And it's because they didn't like a certain advertiser. Well, that doesn't seem like the reason to pull every single video from your channel with no strikes or no warning or anything. Like, couldn't they just send you an email and say, hey, we have a problem with this advertiser. Can you not take it anymore? Or we're going to pull you down. But they don't do that. And, and you know, you, you're lucky that you've got a big platform and, and some connected friends that that could help you to appeal but you know, a lot of the smaller channels that's it they, they they lose their youtube and it's gone forever and i think that people should have the right to do what they love and make a living from it you know and, and that's really what's made the content popular on the youtube platform is ordinary people that are expert or, or good at something talking about it and other people that are interested in that just want to watch it and the the, the sad thing is people spend years of their lives building this channel up and getting to this point where their dreams can come true, that they can actually quit their job and do what they love to do full time. And then just one day where you don't even know the reason why they all can be yanked away from you. Yeah, for sure. And Johnny said something when we talked about it, because Johnny, you were like, did they actually give you the reason? And I'm like, they didn't really give me what episode it happened. And you were like, that's communism, right? That's kind of like the government going, oh, you're throwing you in jail. You're like, why? It's like, we don't have to tell you why. And that's yeah. kind of the scary thing. It's just like, what episodes that I do? And something uh, Bill Shannon, my YouTube guy, brought up was he's like, here's the thing. And I was telling everybody this. Let's say uh, YouTube goes, you can do a video talking about 50 cats. 50 cats is fine talking about 50 different cats, okay? We're like, oh, dude, let's do our... We always love talking about cats. We're going to do a 50 <laughs> cat show. And then two days later, YouTube be like, you know what? Too much cat talk, okay? We only <laughs> want 25 cats, okay? You can only talk about 25 cats. They can go back and retroactively ding me for a rule that didn't even exist when I made that content. That, to me, is even scarier. Well, that's the policy thing. You agreed to it when you pressed that agree button. But I didn't agree to, uh, to 25 cats. I'm a 50-cat guy. I want to talk 50 cats. 
YouTube doesn't want me to talk they about don't. my 50 cats. They want me 25 cats. I'm an odd number cat guy. Not a, you know, I mean, it's like an even number, not an odd guy. That's not. And, and who, who do you think is making those decisions? Do you think like it's some lawyer sitting there at YouTube who's really weighing up what's fair and does this go against the policy? Or is it someone sitting in a call center in the Philippines who maybe has a complete different set of cultural values from us? You know, then they're deciding what's acceptable and what's not. And the, the influence of China and all that stuff. And like, you're really talking about like, there's a war on truth right now. And it's, I, you know, it's so weird because it's like, it seems like they make it seem like they're going after the right, but they're not going after the right. They're going after truth. And right now the scope is Hillary, the Clintons, Obama. You know, we have this belief that Trump is a white hat. I'm not, I don't think, I think it's more uh, just crime organizations going at it. We've, you know, we grew up hearing stories about different crime bosses going to war with each other. doesn't mean one's good and one's bad. They're both crime bosses and they're both fighting for power and resources and to run the city. I think that's what's going on in Holly, uh, in Washington, D.C. right now, is that we have crime bot. We have an old school crime uh, group, what, the Bushes, the, the Clintons, the, the Obamas, versus like this new kind of thing that's come in, which is Trump. I'm not saying he's the guy leading it, but he's the face of it. And they're going into this war, in my opinion. Yeah, and, and then you know, covering it, you've got the mainstream media, which that's the biggest source of conspiracy theories out there, right? Like they just keep getting caught out again and again and again with total bullshit. So we need to go to these alternative platforms and we need to hear genuine voices of the people because that's who's giving us the truth. But unfortunately, at the same time, you've got people, these, uh, these LARPers that are masquerading as truthers, but actually disseminating fake news and false information. And I think some people, they're just poor, sloppy researchers. But I think that there's also, you know, active people sent into YouTube to disrupt conversations and to uh, spread fake information. And and whether, whether they're getting paid to do that by, you know, sort of organized groups like, like these crime groups you're talking about, uh, or whether that's some sort of government military agency thing. I mean, it, it could be a combination of both. You know, what's very interesting about that, Steve, is like uh, when I first started doing uh, Tinfoil Hat, Johnny would always help me work on stuff. And Johnny would comment about how nice and supportive the Tinfoil Hat people were compared to our other podcast, which was, <laughs> you know, just more like war. Punch Drunk was more just like everybody just ripping everybody. And then this new podcast came and everybody was super supportive with each other but then over the last like month or so steve i've seen some real like nasty anger in the comment section like it was starting <laughs> to get really really cutthroat nasty mean and i was talking about it on my friend's uh podcast red pill 78 who was nice enough to put some stuff out as was jason burmese nice enough to go and you know shout about my situation i'll, I'll be eternally grateful for them um but he was like, you know, that's very interesting because part of the terms of the agreement is that YouTube can technically delete your channel if they think your comment section is getting too nasty and what? too mean and too full of hate speech. And it's like, 
I, I mean, like, and I go to these guys who are like, Sam Tripoli's a stupid, blah, 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 blah. And you go and they have zero videos, zero subscribers, not a picture up. And you're like, oh, that's probably most likely a bot or some AI just there to muck it up, you know? And, but if, if, if YouTube has a policy of like your, your comment section can't get too nasty and then there's people bringing the nat that's like kind of diabolical and evil and just a backdoor way of silencing people that they don't like. And their solution will say disable the comments, but then you don't get to see no feedback. And comments help with like, like the kind of traction you get on YouTube. Yeah, if they like it, they don't like it, they complain, they don't complain. You need that shit. I mean, yeah, yeah there's the trolls. Like, how much troll did that? It's, it's it's crazy. It's crazy, Steve. Like, I like there are so many bots in the comment sections now just trying to get us to fight. That's how important the comment sections are. Yeah, absolutely, because this is like the real voice of the people. And you think before the internet came along, when this was all in newspapers and stuff like that, you could write a letter to the editor, and then the editor would choose if they'd published out of the newspaper or not. That was really the only way the people had any voice in the dialogue. And so, you know, the, the media barons were free to do as much propaganda as they, they wanted. You know, they could spew whatever bullshit they want. But now, with these comment sections, people are like, hey, wait a minute, that's not true, and here's the evidence why. And so that was one of the first things to go in the mainstream media you know they've just about all shut down their comment sections because that you know they don't want the truth to come out um and, and then the other alternative is if the comment section is open like you're saying that's the battle space and these bots and trolls it's not necessarily just one person opening another account with with no followers uh you know there's evidence that there's actually military grade technology where people are operating you know, dozens or hundreds of these accounts at once. They've got special software to maintain multiple conversations on multiple platforms. And, you know, you know the area where I really saw this uh, over, say, the last, I guess, 25 years I've been on the internet now is to do with the chemtrails. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm into aviation. My dad was in the New Zealand Air Force, and so I spent some of my life growing up on Air Force bases. And I always loved planes. And my whole life, I looked in the sky, what sort of plane is that? And I've seen contrails. I know what a contrail looks like. And, you know, in San Francisco, they would regularly come at the same time every single day spraying. You know, I, I could track it. And I got the little flight tracker app where you can look and look up at any aircraft and it tells you the tail number of that aircraft, the airline, where it's going, what its speed is unless it's a military aircraft. And a lot of times I would be looking at the plane with my eyes and it wouldn't show up on this flight tracker app, meaning it was military doing spraying. So people would, you talk about that on the internet, and people would say, you're absolutely nuts. There's no such thing as chemtrails. So look up at the sky. You can see it for yourself. Like, oh, no, that's just contrails. And and even then, you know, in the comments section, there would be enormous amounts of people coming in. So oh, I have a degree in aeronautical science and you don't know anything about this. So that's bullshit. <laughs> you know, there's no such thing. And, and now it's come out like the United Nations has said it. You know, CIA heads have said it. Governments. I mean, the patents have come out. You know, pe people aren't denying it. Now the, the mainstream media just shifts to the case for like, yeah, yeah, we, we need to have it. And it just in like the John Brennan, the head of the CIA, said they were weaponizing chemtrails. That video's <laughs> out there. And when you give it, show somebody, it doesn't matter because it doesn't fit in their narrative. I have a friend of mine. I just worked with him over the weekend. I love him with all my heart. I'm not going to say his name, but I love him, dude. I love him. Every one of his positions, his his point of view on news is directly correlates, is directly step in step with the mainstream media. 
And I'm like, dude, you literally are just regurgitating what you hear on these different uh, network on these different uh, cable news networks, man. And it's it just blows my mind. So the big thing that happened, I want to get into some uh, fake news and Carl, cultural ma- Marxism. Is like the big thing was now this put out this thing. We had Sasha Baron Cohen uh, talking about. Uh, uh, oh man, come on, Facebook, stop with the the hate speech and I, hate speech is so general. It's such a general term. It's like assault weapon. Like, dude, a spork, <laughs> if I hit you with it, is an assault weapon. You know, the spoon fork the KFC has where I get it's both a spoon <laughs> and a fork. It's like probably one, it does not get enough credit for how brilliant it is because you can use it for soup and chicken, right? I think that's pretty amazing. Nobody cares except for me. But if I took that spork and I hit XG, that's an assault weapon. But it's very same thing with hate news, and this has come from Sasha Baron Cohen, who's done multiple movies doing cultural appropriation, which I think is funny. But if we're gonna play the social justice warrior bullshit, you're doing cultural appropriation. You're acting like you're black, and you're not black as a rapper, okay? And then you're doing movies about how stupid America is, okay? And guess what? I guarantee you the people in the movies hate what you're doing. And they think that is hate speech. So why is that bad? But what you're talking about, and of course, we got to bring back Hitler. And here comes Hitler. Oh, Hitler would use Facebook. And he'd be buying it. And like, dude, it's just like everything is a slippery slope to goose stepping with this whole notion that this is where it's going to go. And my whole point is, you know, we got Barr now demanding, like raping you know, Sasha Baron Cohen says this, and then Barr comes in. And he's like, "We need your, de- we need your messages, Facebook, because we need to know like what crimes are going to be committed." And you're like, "Well, dude, if I take a look at every single lone gunman, I take a look at every single terrorist group, there's a crazy kind of connection to intelligence groups. So we're creating these bad guys so that we could go and fix them." It kind of reminds me of this Hanna Barbera commercial cartoon where Elmer Fudd is trying to sleep in a hotel. And there's a mouse, and he calls down to the front desk, and the front desk, Daffy Duck, sends up a cat. And now the cat gets the mouse, but now the cat won't start fuck, stop meowing, meow, meowing. So now he's like, hey, dude, this cat's crazy. Well, now I'm going to send in the dog. Now the dog gets the cat. Now the dog won't start barking. So now they send in this. And like at the end, he's stuck with an elephant in his room. So we create these problems to solve it. Like Sasha Baron Cohen thinks everything's going to lead to, uh, you know, Nazism. Even though this guy's put out so much hate in his thing, which could be interpreted as, hey, I laughed at it. Because I could take a joke, but it's like, oh, oh, oh my God, we gotta, we gotta stop the meanie words because everything, everything's about if we do this, if we don't do this, this will happen, and that never happens. Like if we go into Vietnam, we have to go into Vietnam because communism will spread. Guess what? Vietnam and China never got along, and guess what? Vietnam is communist. It like it didn't work. It's just total bullshit. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that's. You know, I grew up in New Zealand and New Zealand is like a testing ground for a lot of this stuff. So I saw that they brought the political correctness in here. Uh, and so I moved to Australia and I thought, oh, well, they'll never be able to get that in Australia. Australia you know, <laughs> loves sports and football and barbecues and chicks and drinking. And uh, and then they brought the political correctness in, uh, into Australia. And so I moved to uh, California and, you know, America, land of the free, home of the brave, 
pick up trucks and guns and you know <laughs> it's 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 the place in the world where free speech is celebrated so uh, they would they would never get away with political correctness there but sure enough under obama and the progressives they brought it in i mean you remember eddie murphy raw and delirious oh, you know? yeah. could you come out and tell jokes like that today no nope. You couldn't, and did when they come back. If this was any other group of people, they would be making them pay for those old <laughs> tapes because apparently what you did 20 years ago, you have to pay for today. And again, that goes back to YouTube and their whole idea that, oh, we have a rule today, but tomorrow that rule could be different, and if you broke the rule in the past, we're going to have to make you pay for it. Yeah, this is the idea of cultural Marxism is that you, know, you, take, you take a minority group and you say that this group has been marginalized and oppressed. And so because of that, everybody else has to, you know, you know, conform to the standards of that group, no matter how bizarre. And so that leads to the situation of 75 different genders. And if you misgender someone, <laughs> you know, you can go to jail for it. But how are you supposed to know which of these genders they are and how to correctly gender someone? And what happened to biology and science? You know, we're just going to throw that stuff out the window. Yeah, and it's hilarious because, you know, all these people cry about these social justice web is, is, is white privilege. They love, check your white privilege. I can't think of anything more white privilege than pronouns and 90 genders, okay? <laughs> I've never heard of a poor person correcting me on their fucking pronouns or their sham lama ding dong fucking gender that they got they don't get they're like i'm hungry feed me call me whatever you want just i need a sandwich right and it's like these super rich kids who are like trying to tell us about this world. and i don't even care listen if you want to be called a, a gender that's great but once you start passing laws i don't see that as any different than somebody saying gay people can't marriage who can't get married. You know why? Because what you're doing is putting your values on somebody else. So if you're telling me by law, I have to call you Shamalama Dima Ding Dong, okay? You're putting your values on me. You have the right to be called whatever you want by whoever you want. My brother's legal name is Trips. He changes legal name to his nickname. I call him Jason because he can kiss my dick. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's my brother. You're a fuck. Yeah, I'm going to call you what I did when I used to beat your ass back in the day, okay? And I love my brother. That was a joke. And I don't want my brother kissing my dick. I shouldn't have said that. Anyways, the point is, <laughs> the point is, it's like you can live your life however you want, but once you start pushing on other things, and it goes back to the Unabomber. I mean, like, people, when you say, oh, the Unabomber was right, you see their heads go, whoa. whoa. But think about what he said. Rich kids are the ones pushing all these kind of like word laws because words are the only thing that can affect them. We talk about it all the time on the show. It's just like these kids are born into the richest hospitals. They go to the fattest mansions to live. They go to the best private schools. They go to the best Ivy League schools. They get go to the, 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 the richest nightclubs and the richest restaurants, and they get juiced into the best jobs. And so real, you know, that's why Bill Maher can say, I want a fucking economic collapse. I want the economy to shit the bed, okay? Because I'm not going to be affected by that. Because I'm, I'm in this insulated thing called Hollywood. And we don't get affected by the rest of the world. So I, so I hope everybody else pain and suffering so you don't vote for the, the bad orange guy, okay? 
But it's like that's why they want these. It's like it's this whole narrative is being pushed by rich kids who've made money off of parents who's lived out the money off of parents who made money most likely in everything they're railing against. I think I think you make a really good point. You know, I've traveled a lot of the world. I've been to about ninety countries. I've been to forty three states of the U.S. And uh, you know, I, I've there's a lot of poor people in the world, and they don't give a stuff about any of this stuff at all. And then I've also met a lot of rich people, and they seem to be you know so terribly concerned with the welfare of the poor that they have to you know dictate these new laws and rules and things like that to to help these oppressed people. Uh, and and yet they won't actually go and mix with them or talk with them or live with them or anything like that uh you know it's it's do as i say not do as i do and uh it's terrible hypocrisy the, the other thing that i think is quite scary is that people are losing their jobs now for saying men can't have babies i mean that that's a fact you can't speak a fact and so when when you're not not allowed to even have a discussion about what's true and what isn't that is totally totalitarianism. And, and, you know, that's where we're being pushed by groups like the ADL and, and Sasha Baron Cohen. I couldn't agree more. I mean, and it's just like, what's really sad, you know, we had this guy Shane Gillis get in trouble for some Asian jokes he did. And, you know, uh, why Saturday Night Live did plain as day yellow face jokes, uh, sketches, uh, and people are calling for his job for something he did way back in the day and then all these comedians who i used to really love and i thought they were like such edgy guys are now like calling for like hey if you're offending people you should start writing different jokes what are you talking about i know this one comic i love him all my heart i don't i, I love him i'm not gonna get i know this guy used to be known for making people cry he was so nasty. <laughs> he had such quick, razor-sharp wit that he would make people cry. And now he's like, hey, man, you better, you got to rethink what you're, what? What? Because you're in and you want to be in. And I understand as actors that it gets really hard, to be honest, because it just takes one red light in this whole fucking ladder you got to go through to get a gig. It takes one red light not to get the gig, so you don't want to piss off anybody. But it's like... Stop shutting doors behind you. You made a living fucking scorching the earth. Stop shutting the doors behind you. Stop trying to make it so the people after you have to play a different game than you played. And that's where we're at. I mean, we're just kidding. I mean, and the, and it's just one side. It's just truth, dude. It's unbelievable. No matter how much information you give people, they don't care. They want to be right instead of do right. And doing right is admitting when you're wrong. That's why I have everybody on the show. I'll be the first one to admit when I'm fucking wrong. I could totally be wrong. Um, so you were talking a little bit about memes and LARPs. What? I mean, I, I've seen you go after some people. I get a little nervous. <laughs> you know, I don't want to get in the middle of that, but I give you the forum to talk about whatever you want to talk about in terms of LARPs because, you know, when I got my channel taken down, I kind of looked at a couple people and their channels were still up. And I kind of think about what I push on this channel, which is like we're more alike than we are different, right? We're all like, I don't care whether you're Jew, Muslim, Christian, whatever you are, like... At the, at the lower level and the middle level, we're all alike. It's like these super high ups that just are the ones always causing chaos to get us to fight with each other. And then I see people who call out, like, you know, whatever you want to call hate speech. I'm not going to say it's hate speech, but they say pretty nasty shit about people and their channels never get touched. 
What do you think that's about? Yeah, it's it's kind of, it's a little bit like you know if someone keeps getting uh, arrested by the cops uh, but never does any time, right? At some point, you've got to say, well, is that really like a criminal or is that person cooperating with them? And I see this on YouTube all the time. People getting away with the most outrageous stuff that other people are getting instantly deplatformed for. So how does one person get away with that and, and one doesn't? And, and, you know, I suspect that there has to be some sort of either agency or secret society connection behind these people backing them to let them get away with it. And, and the, you know, you can kind of tell these days who's legit. Uh, by who gets attacked and by who they're trying to shut down and, yeah. and deplatform, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's 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 you. Yeah, you know? <laughs> dog. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And and, uh, and and I think uh, yeah, the last election in 2016 was was a huge huge election, not just for the United States but for the world. Uh, you know, the president of the United States is the leader of the free world, and and a lot of the fate of the world kind of does rest on these decisions. And look, I I agree with your point about crime bosses and that you know you, you're choosing the lesser of two evils that whoever For you pick sure. is quite kind of you know the, the, pe the people don't really win from these things um but what what we did see in, in that election was the rise of memes and you know the memes that were developed on on 4chan uh you know coming out through twitter and you know almost being weaponized retweeted and you know the saying came out that the left can't meme which it still seems to be true, you know. I heard Elizabeth <laughs> Warren has appointed her own meme team now. You know, looking looking forward to she, she's going to compete <laughs> with Fortune. But good good luck with that. Right? Well, it's very interesting because if I don't know if you remember, kind of like when the the around 2013 people were starting. Okay, you know, Obama's about to go out. We got the you know the two uh, the two uh, two uh, the eight years are coming to an end. And we're going to have a new president in. And there was this real talk about how, like, analysts were saying they would they couldn't see a, a, a Republican ever winning again. Those are the exact quotes. We'll never see a Republican ever win again. That the, that the country is getting so liberal that they would never vote for an R again in the presidency. And then there was this whole thing where, like, the right was trying to do jokes. Right, they were doing comedy and it was just falling flat, and uh, it just seemed like. And people are like, "Oh, dude, the right can't do comedy." But now it seems like we're just like 180 from that right now. The DNC is in shambles. I personally think they're there to throw the game. That the people are running it yeah. are purposely losing because they've successfully convinced everybody liberalism. And the DNC are the same thing when well, they are not DNC, the left, progressivism. These are all terms for fucking radical, sensitive baby shit. Okay. <laughs> the liberalism is love everybody, and anything past that is not liberalism anymore, in my, my opinion. What has been the change in that? Is it just like you watch Saturday Night Live? You're like, I know that Trump is a billionaire and I know that Trump represents maybe crime boss stuff. In my opinion, not yours, Steve. But man, nobody's watching Saturday Night Live because they're almost protecting the status quo, which is Hillary and, and uh, you know, this fucking FISA bullshit. And it just doesn't it just doesn't like they, they used to be the rebels. And now they seem to be like corporatist uh, sellouts, you know, they're the conformist. And I see that a lot in comedy conformity. What's your thoughts on all that? 
well, it's the globalists versus we the people, isn't it? And, you know, Trump has done a very good job of tapping into that wave of populism. And you know, I think of all the people in the world, Alex Jones probably deserves the most credit because he's, uh, you know, I've, I've been an Alex Jones fan for a very long time and he's woken a lot of people up, but that really came into its own in the 2016 election. And, uh, you know, people could see that, yeah, corporations, they're not just from one country trying to succeed in that country. You know, they exist above countries. Uh, you know, they exist outside the tax system. They make billions of profits out of all of us. They don't pay any taxes and they never get in trouble. Whereas any of us, we don't pay our taxes and we can straight to jail. And, you know, a corporation can't be arrested and it can't be imprisoned and it can't be really killed. There are, I mean, there are ways to take a corporation down. But for the most part, even when they get caught in terrible, terrible things, they just shrug their shoulders, pay a fine or whatever, and keep going like they were before. So the rise of the power of corporations is very scary. And yeah, that's that's one definition of fascism is the separation between corporations and state goes away and that you get a, a state uh, that's run by corporations. And the power and influence of these lobbying groups and of money uh, on these politicians is is really quite quite scary, and you know the, the politicians okay they've always been corrupt they've always taken payoffs, but now these payoffs are linked to large media platforms and, and images, and yeah you know, we we saw in the uh, a Wan case with Debbie Wasserman Schultz unbelievable uh, where you know they, they they found that laptop or whatever and she just goes there and she's openly on C-SPAN saying, listen, you guys better toe the line or we're going to get the unions to come and cause a lot of problems with you over, you know, your gender neutrality and stuff like that. Like, open threats. Well, not even that, Steve. It's like, good luck. Go Google right now, everybody. Google who was the prosecutor in the Iwan case. Good luck finding that name. From any any new source that you, I could show a regular person that they would accept, you won't find the name. Do you know why you won't find the name? Because it was Debbie Wasserman Schultz's brother. She was the prosecutor. She was pro he was prosecuting people that her sister was complicit with in spying on the United States. Why does that make sense? And I don't know. We'll get into Jeffrey Epstein uh, and all this stuff. But by the way, if that case had gone to trial, guess who the prosecutor was in that case? Comey's daughter. A guy who is, can, is as deep state as you can get was going to be the prosecutor. So it's like, it's, it's unbelievable. But try to find the mainstream media to tell you this shit. And it's like, what is, I mean, like, what is the point of being a reporter anymore? News is not dead. Reporting is not dead. It lives live and well. It's on fucking Reddit. It's on YouTube. And they're trying to snuff it out. You know, you do a crypto beast uh, a podcast and YouTube channel. Dude, look how low Bitcoin is right now. They're pounding on that shit. Look at like, what's going on with CBD and weed. These companies are losing money now because... Magically, the Chinese are putting vitamin E in their fucking vape pens. So when they 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 heat up, they cause vitamin E causes damage to your lungs. Wow, how amazing is that? That and but yet nobody oh. dies. But we got a national oh, crisis. But that sounds like fentanyl. 
What? Fentanyl. They send that shit over here too. One hundred percent. Where'd they send all the fentanyl through? A fucking the Long Beach port that for some reason Obama gave to the Chinese. Why would they fuck? Why would you give China the one of the biggest ports in the United States? And then let's go to independent journalism, man. It's taking a beating right now. They're wiping them off the face of the earth, so you can't give uh get any real information. I'm telling you right now. The fucking genie's out of the bottle. The cat is out of the bag. I don't know how they think they can put it back. I just don't. When you take a look at that, Joe Rogan had Bernie Sanders on, and he had 10 million people watch that interview. And then you go and see how the DNC debates are doing on CNN, and they're getting 6 million. And when you know that they count televisions in airports... As part of those numbers, <laughs> the number's even more ridiculously small. Who knows? I mean, you're telling me three million people watch Rachel Maddow's as she lied to you for two years? Get out of here, dude. It's crazy. Yeah, and you can, you can tell if, if you go to YouTube and, and you type basically any topic that is in the mainstream media in their search engine, the first things that will come up are all of the mainstream media sites because YouTube changed their algorithm for that. But have a look at the view counts. You know, we know that they manipulate view counts and likes like crazy, but even so, nobody's watching these mainstream clips. Nobody gives a stuff. It's it's all the alternative voices. And and if you decide that you want to become a researcher and go out there and start putting your own truth and investigations out, like I did, you know, you're pretty much guaranteed that you're going to be attacked, that these trolls are going to come out and they're not going to say anything about your research, usually because they can't. So it's all going to be character attacks and character assassination. Uh, and, you know, not not one or two people saying, oh, you know, we don't like Steve, but whole groups of people at once, you know, 50 people at once. Oh, Steve's the worst guy in the world, everything like that. <laughs> and, you know, for, for, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm a big boy. I've done pretty well in my life. So I didn't really give a shit what people say about me. Say, say you're worse but i think for for a lot of people who yeah particularly younger people more vulnerable that stuff really can hurt them now they can be very emotionally and psychologically distressed by the comments of, of trolls i mean can you imagine being a, a teenager today and growing up in this age of, of facebook where people aren't just being mean to you at school but they're being mean to you on the internet which is forever I couldn't agree more. You know, my one of my best friends ever ever was Brody Stevens, and his uh, the comments on his Ooh. special drove him to the edge. You know, on top of that, the psych psych meds. Uh, it's it's super sad, man. Uh, we're seeing a lot of lot like like dude. I just I gotta be honest with you, man. I just don't see how this is business as usual. Like, everyone keeps coming on and telling me, oh, dude, it's all theater, it's all bullshit. I go, I don't know how it's business as usual. I mean, the pulling out of the Paris Climate Accord, which is going to cost the Club of Rome trillions of dollars, to the, the, the Wan in China being affected by basically Trump supporting the Hong Kong per, uh, protesters. I mean, we could just keep going on forever with everything that is not the death of mainstream media. This can't be business of, as usual, man. And when, was the, when was the last time a mainstream media got told that they had fake news? Like the ABC, the Turkey shit. I had never heard that. Yeah. That's some shit that they were like, yo, that's fake. Yeah. Even though their channel should have been terminated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it won't be terminated because <laughs> they're that they are part of the system to teach us how fucking ever you know that the, the I, what I've learned through doing this show is what is up is really down and what is down is really up. And that there is so much 
a cult out there. And it's like, and the cult and the Silicon Valley, it's such, I mean, it started way back. I mean, think about where, like, where'd the Grateful Dead come out of? Where did acid come out of? The fucking uh, San Francisco. And this is the same thing going on with Silicon Valley. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I, I mean, I, that's a big part of the research that I've done. And, and I've got a series called uh, The Shadow History of Burner, Silicon Valley's Secret Weapon. And I really looked looked at you know the evolution of the technology industry where, like you say, the Grateful Dead, you know, that came out of the CIA's MKUltra program where the LSD was coming. And these guys are touring around the world as a rock band, but, you know, the acid is being distributed at all of their shows. So... Yeah, that, that's the main distribution mechanism for this weaponized chemical that was developed, uh, you know, in laboratories for the CIA and for the social engineers. And, uh, you know, la later as computers came out, uh, figures from the counterculture like Timothy Leary, uh, like John Perry Barlow, were, were used to promote this new technology and so like you know if you're if you're a, a buttoned up suit kind of guy you get an ibm but if you're like a cool hipster deadhead rebel you get an apple and uh you know the, the it's the the uh, hegelian dialectic you know we give you two choices but they both lead you to where we want you to to be um and so you know, burning man is is a massive occult ritual and it's sort of become uh, de rigueur in, in Silicon Valley. Like it's very hard for you to get a job in an internet startup in the Bay Area if you've never been to Burning Man or don't want to go or, or hate really? Burning Man. You know, if 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 your cultural values are against naked homosexual people walking down the street making out having sex in public in front of children, um, then no, they don't they don't want you to work in their company. And so that this is uh, you know what while we're watching this political theater and wondering what's going on with all the politics and everything like that. We're all caught up in that. We're missing the bigger story, which is that these technology companies are just running rampant and out of control. And, you know, what we see coming to us and, and, and experience is is probably a tenth or a hundredth of what's actually going on. You know, we, we, we get stuff that has been in development for decades. Uh, and so what, what have they got that they haven't released to us yet? And, yeah. and if you look at... Uh, when Snowden came out, uh, some of the things that he revealed was that the, the, the NSA uh, actually is able to read your thoughts. And yeah, this is, what, five or six years ago now. So they've got computers that not just listen to everything we say and speak, but they can even read our thoughts. And they've got simulations that are able to predict our behavior. Um, you know, why and what are they doing with it and who's building it? And when you look into who's building it, you know, a lot of these people do have links and connections to the occult. Um, you know, look, look at Mark Zuckerberg, for example. He, he loves to sacrifice goats. He invites people around to his house for a barbecue and he'll like kill a, kill a goat and serve them a goat that he's killed with his with bare With lasers, hands. I mean, dude, with lasers. Yeah. It's like, like, I mean, how crazy sh is Sharks that? with freaking laser beams. Is anyone cool with an autistic dude just hitting people with lasers? Is anyone okay <laughs> with that? I mean, like, dude, that's crazy. It's not so when you talk to your cult, what are you saying? What are you what what are they practicing in your opinion? Well, I I think that if you look at the history of Silicon Valley and San Francisco, Bohemian Grove plays an enormous part. So, you know, there's been this thing going out into the forest and you know, burning a big effigy and people in robes chanting and doing rituals and stuff. Yeah, that's that's been going since the 1800s. 
And uh, they brought uh, the German chancellor out there. And he said, oh, yeah, I've been to stuff like this that they do in Germany. So, you know, I, I think that a group in society that really gets overlooked, e even by a lot of people in the conspiracy community, are the Druids. Uh, that the Druids have been around for thousands of years. And when Julius Caesar went to invade Great Britain and, and Gaul, France, he talked about these Druids doing these rituals where they would burn giant effigies and they would, you know, if, if you didn't give your uh, tribute to the Druids, they would ch chuck you inside this big wicker man and burn you as a lesson for the rest of the village. And, oh, my you know, this, this God. Is, that's crazy. This is where Hall Halloween and stuff like this uh, come from. Even the concept of a, a bonfire uh, it's actually a bone fire that the druids would go and they would oh, tap wow. on your door with a bone, and that meant that you better produce the offering sooner or you're going to be burned. Uh, and so you look at who's been to Bohemian Grove, and it's you know many many presidents, CEOs, politicians, captains of, of industry. Uh, the Manhattan Project uh, was conceived and hatched first at Bohemian Grove. Uh, Ronald Reagan's Star Wars Strategic Defense Initiative uh, that came out of this event as well. Uh, and so the, the thing about Bohemian Grove is, first of all, it's men only. Uh, and apparently a lot, of, a lot of the men who go like to dress and drag and stuff like that. I've got a friend who was a chef there for 16 years. Um, but it's also like super exclusive and, and elite and difficult to get into. And so uh, Burning Man, in a way, is kind of like the open to the public uh, and open to women version of Bohemian Grove. And th there's a lot of overlap. There's people that go to both events and you know if you rise to the top within the burning man social scene and community i wouldn't be surprised if you get an invite to either to bohemian grove or to some of the other occult lodges around san francisco but you know, san francisco to me is the world capital of satanism and the occult i don't think there's any place in, in the world that has more of a, a claim to, to that than there yeah it's like i mean like we've heard this whole thing about like google creating something that's you know, reach and talk to the old ones. We're hearing about a, a, a computer that is so advanced that it can do uh, uh, basically a problem. It can solve a problem in minutes that would take a quantum computer uh, uh, 10,000 years. And like, how do they know how long it would take a computer for 10,000? Well, you know, it's like there's something much more going on than they're telling us. And like, why are we okay with Google working with the Chinese government? Why are we okay with all this stuff that's going on with, uh, with Google and, all, I mean, all the dark arts that they're working on? You know, it's just like it's super creepy to me. Well, man. it makes sense that all these tech moguls are at Burning Man if Google is involved with all this shit. Elon Musk was there, that Larry Page guy, like the CEO of, uh, of Alphabet. They all go there. The CEO of Zappos. And Bohemian Grove, I mean, Moloch, I mean, that giant, oh, that giant owls there. And then, like, I mean, you know what's really creepy is the Vatican just put a giant Moloch statue. Like, a statue dedicated to child sacrifice god at the, at the Vatican. Like, are, are, they're not, are they even trying to hide it? Or is it just I don't, a I don't, I don't think they are. I think that actually they've become emboldened. And so... Uh, yeah, they were, for a long time, they probably did try to hide it, but now it's starting to come out. And so they've said, well, we'll go the other way. Let's take Netflix and we'll make every second show on Netflix to be about Satanism or you know, promoting satanic values, you know, and uh, let's let's build uh, temples of Baal in uh, Times Square. <laughs> it's so, yeah, and you <laughs> what, see, what are people going to do? 
and you see the black cube of Saturn everywhere, all over New York, all over San Francisco, L.A. It's everywhere. The and Denver Airport. I know we've talked about this, but that place is creepy as fuck. They got the the the, the pale horse. Somebody, yeah. It's the like, whole place is just. And Bohemian Grove, I mean, is that still a thing? I mean, it seemed like it got outed, but my friend just hit me up. It's like, I think my dad was into it, and I got a couple cousins. I mean, like, how do you not? Yeah, it's def def definitely still a thing. It's as big as ever. I mean, do you remember when they had that video at the, uh, at, um, what was that, Super Collider? What is that called? in uh, CERN. CERN, and they had that video where it looked like they were going to sacrifice somebody, and... Then the guy ran. I, that was that found out to be not real, or was that found to be like just a production? Well, you know, they 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 came, they came out and said, "Oh, it's a joke, it's a hoax." But that's you know one of the things that I've learned from Burning Man is is that's the cover that the Satanists go by. They just say, "Oh, I was being ironic." You know, they they do these rituals, they dress in their robes, they sing prayers to Moloch, and if they get caught doing it, they say, "Oh no, we were just kidding around. It's just, it's just ironic." But you know. At, at some point, when you're going every single year to things being burned in an effigy and a ritual sacrifice, you've got to wonder, is, is is this just a joke or is this actually your religion? Now, you were into the tech and you've, you were so successful, you were able to sell two companies, right? Did you witness anything? Um, yeah, a, f a few things. Uh, one of the most interesting things I witnessed was I was actually at a nightclub in San Francisco called Public Works. Uh, which is pretty popular with the Burning Man crowd. And uh, for, they have a really nice sound system there. And they have this, uh, for some reason, this night they had a pterodactyl, like a, a big dinosaur sitting over the dance floor. And uh, me and my buddy were, were there on the balcony. We're looking at it. We said, oh, we, let's go dance underneath that uh, dinosaur and see how, see what the sound's like, because that looks like the sweet spot of the speakers. So we went down there and we, we couldn't get to the, the exact underneath of the dinosaur because Sergey Brin, the Google founder, was there. And he's surrounded by these like Mossad looking dudes who are pretending to just be there on the dance floor. But as soon as you start getting close to him, they like link arms and they start dancing and bumping into you very aggressively and stuff like that. But we saw from probably three or four feet away um, he's doing this like occult magic ritual stuff under the dinosaur. He's like throwing his hands in the air and down on the ground and he seemed to be chanting and stuff like that. And I'm like, this guy's not even trying to hide it. He, he's sitting in the middle of a nightclub surrounded by people doing these magic spells. And you know what? Be, it beats me why, but may, maybe that's how you get to be the most valuable company on earth is that you completely have to sell yourself to the devil and you have to make public demonstrations of that. Well, you know, it's like if you take a look at like we I use uh, Internet Explorer, but if you go to what is Google's uh, Internet Explorer, it's Chrome, right? What is Chrome from? Adrenochrome. I like, dude, right. I mean, it's like it's so obvious that they don't even hide it anymore. And it's just like it's dark arts and like. I mean, it just, you know, sometimes when I think of Hollywood, I think of the, like, you know, there's so many people who move out here and, like, people don't realize, like, how ballsy it is to move somewhere to chase your dreams. And sometimes it's, like, it's stacked against you. Like, it's, like, either you, you went to school with these kids or the families, your family knew their family, and you have an inside scoop, or you sell your soul or you sell your ass, you know? And it's just like, I mean, the occult is very, very, very strong in Hollywood. I mean, you see it everywhere. 
I mean, like everybody wants me to join Google, uh, join uh, Disney Plus because of the Star Wars thing, and I'm like, I really want to watch it. And everyone's telling me how amazing the sh the new Star Wars series is, and I I want to join it, but it's like there's so much dark arts associated with Disney right now at the highest levels, and you know, it's like Walt Disney was associated with the the formation of NASA. Who else was associated with that? Jack Parsons, uh, L. Ron Hubbard, and uh, Von Braun. I mean, not necessarily for Boy Scouts in any way. Well, and Disney tried to play nice, and uh, oh, we don't like pedophiles, and they took the uh, the Michael Jackson Simpsons episode out. That's the only thing that's banned on there. They have every Simpsons what? episode, but they were like, not the Michael Jackson one. We don't want to Which touch is, on that. I mean, it's just so, unbelievable. And it's like, I don't know if I can give $10 to Disney. I just, it, it sucks. But where do you make your stand, you know? Well, D Disney has uh, 666 in their logo. And you know, the the Chrome logo, you can find a 666 within that as, as well. Um, but Disney itself is a creation of Silicon Valley. I mean, Walt Disney went to Bohemian Grove. You can find on the internet drawings of, of the big owl that he did there. Uh, the story for the, the seven dwarfs uh supposedly comes from bohemian grove from the camp he was in where all of these like leaders of industry were there snoring and walt didn't like it uh you know there's you can find uh, an episode of like scrooge mcduck or something where the i think that's there on the screen yeah where the wall chart behind him says ask about illuminati um <laughs> Disney, disneyland was designed by the stanford research institute uh, and uh, even like Hewlett Packard, which is considered to be the, the first tech company, you know, Silicon Valley's first story of a company that was founded in a garage, their first product was making a, an oscillator that was used by Disney for Fantasia, for testing the studio. So they were trying to uh, experiment with electronic sounds to control people in like, you know, the 1930s and the 1940s and, and deeply tied with Stanford and then later the, the Stanford Research Institute, which spun out of Stanford as as a defense contractor, primarily a defense contractor. So why is that who is deciding these theme parks for children, defense companies? I mean, like, dude, I mean, how many times? It's almost, if it wasn't so tragic, it would be laughable. When you find out, like, these kids are who, who are in the Mickey Mouse Club and all the crazy shit that they went through. I mean, you have that one chick who was like, yeah, I mean, like people were taking pictures of me and I would just get molested all the time and nobody did anything. And everyone's like, oh, well, man, it sucks for you. Anyways, do you guys see the new Star Wars on Disney? It's fucking <laughs> awesome. It's like, does anybody care? Does anybody care? Like, yeah, well, I, th I mean, I, th I think people are going to the movies a lot less. They're tuning into the Emmys and the Oscars a lot less. Uh, and, and I think some of that is political backlash. You know that Hollywood has come out totally towards the left and hating Trump. But some of it is this kind of occult and pedophilia backlash as well, that these guys just keep getting outed. Yeah, and at the highest levels. And, like, you know, now they got this Giselle Maxwell like, dude, what was it? What was that? I, I, you put it out, and I also put it out. There was this thing on uh, this. Here, I'm going to find it on your YouTube, on your Twitter. Basically, where they're like, Giselle Maxwell's ready to tell all. And you're like. Right, yeah. Like, dude, this isn't. 
fucking a tabloid. <laughs> like, what is she, Oprah? Is she about to drop all of her favorite things? Did did her pilot get an air date? The way they're like presenting this, it's like this. She's like a sassy chick. She's not. She's gonna let y'all know. She's got a pull no punch. It's like, dude, this woman is a fucking predator of the highest levels and used to fucking yeah and for like 20 20 30 years they were doing this and they like their act like look at the picture they use prince andrew's pal look at that prince andrew's pal and epstein madam giselle is set and you you, yeah yeah it's called the sun look at this set to come out of hiding reveal all into the fbi like dude why is she allowed to decide when she's gonna come out right why isn't there a, a bounty on this chick's head and what's very interesting about epstein is how it like we wa watch how they frame stuff okay they frame this as these guys just want to bang a bunch of teenage chicks you know and you always hear jokes by comedians like if teenagers can bang them why can't i bang them you know that's a very famous like david cross bit right but it's not just banging teenage chicks. We're talking about child sex trafficking. And what I found very interesting is that, you know, one of the one of the girls who was trafficked talked about how Bill Clinton never fooled around with them. And that he only fooled around with the boys. And that that detail just kind of fell into the ether. And it's just like, okay, like why isn't that like basically Bill Clinton is the Andy Dick of the White House. Just a sex monster. And nobody seems to care. And like, look at all these pictures. Everybody's, every picture of Giselle Maxwell, she's smiling. You know, like she's just got like, she's a, some fucking studio exec. You saw yeah, that well, she's one. A, she's oh. there photographed in a prominent position at uh, Chelsea Clinton's wedding. And that's after Epstein got busted. That's when everyone knew he's a pedophile and she's his best friend and working closely with him. I mean, what what a great wedding guest. And, you know, look at how, how many other now known busted pedophiles were there circling the Clintons, you know? Like, for me, if I knew one pedophile, I could never see that person again because I probably would physically assault them, right? Just get them the fuck out of my sight. These people surround themselves with them they, and, they, and they go to parties with them, like... Yeah. What's what's going on? And so, you know, I, I think that what we saw in the UK with Jimmy Savile was that this was organized rings involving the highest members of society blackmailing and entrapping them. And what we've seen with Epstein now is that this is the same thing. It's worldwide. And it's not like that, you know, Epstein was this one guy who wanted to bang little kids. This is an organized political system of compromise. And not just politicians that they were going after, but also scientists and leaders in the tech community. Uh, you know, Stephen Hawking, for God's sake, going down there for parties oh on, on Epstein's God. Island. What weird shit was he into? Stephen oh, Hawking yeah. looks like he's into some <laughs> scat shit, right? That's what that guy looks like he's into, like German chicks <laughs> dropping deuces. Um, you, you saw that video, though, right, where they try to protect Epstein and said he wasn't a pedophile? That he was just a Oh, the old sex. lady? Yeah, lady. that old lady. That's like the type of shit that they do, that they try to... Find a way to let them not be seen as fucking crazy. Oh, or to control the message, and it just blows up in their face. And, like, you know, everyone's like, oh, the queen is angry. 
She's kicking him out. She's not, but oh, you know, the queen's not going to put up with it anymore. He's got to move out. And it's just like the queen is complicit in all this shit. She was found guilty in the disappearance of like 10 native Canadian children. Like, who are we talking about? Like, she, dude, let me just tell you, she has Pindar's number in her phone, okay? She can call a Pindar anytime she wants. Like, yeah, put me through to the eight-foot albino lizard that lives in the middle of the fucking world, uh, earth. And, like, she's complete. like, this is just nothing. He's moving out? That's it? You got to go live on your own? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, remember Princess Diana. One of the things that she said was that she had a conversation with the queen, and the queen told her that, uh, you know, there are dark forces at work within this country about which we know nothing. I mean, the queen owns a quarter of all of the land on the planet, yeah. right? This is like the richest, most powerful person on earth, supposedly. And yet there's stuff going on in her country that they don't even know about. So that sort of suggests to me that there is a hierarchy of power even above these royals. And what the fuck does it mean when you get fired? You don't have no money. He don't need money. He just he gets to not do anything now. Uh, dude, it's just all show, dude. Yeah, it's all show. Like it's all oh, show. She fired him, and they basically fucking. I mean, dude, it's just like they brag about that they're relatives with uh, Valdi Impaler, you know, and the fucking I. What's it called? The uh, something of the dragon, the League of the Dragon, and like there's a very famous uh, woman. A royal that is considered to be the greatest serial killer of all time. Like she's credited with killing like either six hundred or eight hundred people. Like the the whole theory, the whole idea of uh, Dracula comes from Val the Impaler and this whole group of this something of the dragon. And it's just like it's unbelievable. Like, dude, when she says she is relatives with uh um. Uh, what's his name from uh, Islam? Um, who, who who's the head of the um, what well, Mohammed? I mean, like, they're all connected. It's just unbelievable. And you're telling me she doesn't know anything about this? I mean, it's 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 super tragic. But does anything change ever? Well, you, it's very difficult for any criminal prosecution to ever happen against uh, royalty because you, you have the right to be tried by a jury of your peers. <laughs> and their, their peers aren't commoners, right? So it would it would have to be another 11 or 12 uh, princes and princesses that they're going to get in one room to sit through for a whole trial. And then they're going to find one of their own guilty, knowing that that opens the door for, for possibly others of their families to be prosecuted. I mean, that's never going to happen in a million years, I don't think. Yeah, I never even thought about that. So I want to get into something very interesting is, and uh, it's Epstein's tied to AI. And it's like someone put out, I love Twitter threads. I would almost just want to do a whole podcast on the best Twitter threads. And one of them connected uh, the death of Princess Di with Khashoggi and with uh, the Vegas shooting. And a lot of people don't realize the connection. Like Khashoggi's aunt was married to the father of, uh, what was the guy who died with Princess Di? What was his name? Dottie or Fadi? 
Uh, Dodie Al-Fayed, yeah. Yeah, Dodie Al-Fayed. And like how basically like the royal family made a deal with his father that they were going to off him and he was going to be able to do business with them uh, in the long run. And how Khashoggi, hit, that was his aunt, the, the mother of the guy who died with Princess Die, And that Khashoggi comes from a very long line of arms dealers. And that uh, basically the whole theory is is that the reason Khashoggi, if he was even chopped up, was chopped up because he had something to do. He was connected to the uh, Vegas shooting, which was uh, 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 basically an attempt at an assassination on some Saudis. And that the basically and then this is where Epstein comes in. That Epstein had funded uh, Sophie, and that the big event in Saudi Arabia was that Saudi Arabia was going to give Sophie citizenship, and all these Saudi royals showed up, and they were all arrested in this five-star hotel, beaten to an inch of their life if they didn't give up up to 70% of their wealth. And a lot of it had to do with this assassination attempt in Las Vegas and, like, how Epstein had been funding AI. What are your whole thoughts on that? Yeah, so, so that Sophia the Robot from Hanson Robotics, Epstein was specifically funding that, right? That's one of his projects that he's put a lot of money into. And there's a guy called Ben Gertzel and the uh, Open Cog Foundation out of Hong Kong that is basically uh, heavily backed by Epstein as well. Uh, and, you know, he's basically the, the chief scientist for this thing. So that one of the projects they did was they came out up with a toddler version of Sophia the Robot, uh, a baby one. And uh, so Epstein is funding these baby robots and then they, they're developing software to make it think and learn like a human uh, and to teach, teach these things based on uh, anger, fear, pleasure and pain. Um, one of the projects he fund, that Epstein funded was in Berlin and it was you know, creating the first real humanoids. And it was a simulation where these robots are on a desert island. They're on, they're on a tropical island, just what? like Epstein Island. And they're running around and they are experiencing hunger and sadness, uh, shame. They're wanting to connect socially to groups. And they're modeling all this kind of behavior, which it's scary enough that some pedophile is funding this. But when he actually has his own island and the leaders of the world are going to this island, you've got to wonder where it all stops. And you know, another, another interesting thing about uh, Sophia the robot uh, becoming a Saudi citizen is that Epstein was has a Saudi passport as well. So you're telling me there's an island out there where a bunch of robots are like... Like kid robots? Like are they kid robots or are they regular robots? Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a simulation. So I don't know that oh, there's an actual oh, island. Um, oh. But what they said is they, they built it where, the, where this could work as well with... Uh, you know, actual robots as these software robots. But potentially the things they're doing uh, could also be applied to humans. And when you talk about this MK Ultra style reprogramming where they're hypnotizing people, they're drugging them, they're su subjecting them to, you know, these different torture techniques and sleep deprivation, food deprivation, stuff like that. Uh, you know, there's no, there's no direct evidence that Epstein was involved in that. But you look at that other... Uh, sex trafficking cult Nexium, and there is direct evidence that they were doing that. You know, they they have a a patent for how to determine if someone is a Luciferian. Now, why would a sex trafficking cult need to determine if someone's a Luciferian? It's only to work out who they can promote to the higher ranks of the cult, right? 
Well, dude, I mean, that, that's the whole thing with like when you do, they do these kind of personality tests when you join the police or, or go into uh, the military. They do like, And if they find out you're a psychopath, they know what to do with you. They know where to put you in certain places so that when you do get to these levels, they can control everything and that you're not going to have any remorse. And what's very interesting, you bringing up all these kind of like virtual reality kind of uh, tests that they're doing, you know, that's kind of what's going on with Bill Barr and this precognitive crime stuff. Like, they're collecting all of your data and creating a sim of you. And they're putting that into certain different uh, uh, virtual realities where they see how you how you would react to this situation. And how would yeah. Bill... Yeah, go on. Sorry, Steve. So, so uh, yeah, Facebook, for example, have been caught uh, deliberately altering their algorithm to put people's put content in people's new feed, news feed to try to trigger an emotional response from them on a mass scale and you know, ex human experiments without permission. And, but my wife, for example, she's an animal lover, right? And her, her Facebook news feed, almost every single story that comes up is horrific pictures of animals being tortured. You know, why are they doing this? But when you think about AI is doing it on a mass scale, they have these models of each one of us and they're running simulations, but they, they, they know what we think. They know what we say to everyone. They, they know, uh, you know, what's stressing us out and what's making us happy. And they know what everyone else we're dealing with thinks as well at the same time. I mean, no one's ever had that power in history and that power is totally unchecked. And what, what, are, they, what are they use this for? Like, for example, if the worst crimes are, you know, sex, drugs, and organ trafficking, well, how come they can't take those networks down? Surely by now, with all of the satellites and all of the NSA and everything like that, they can figure out who the drug dealers are, right? But, you know, nothing happens. I, I just read on Twitter this week that Al Chapo's son wrote a book saying that Al Chapo was working for the CIA and he was banking like $400 million a week. Of course he was, dude. El Chapo wasn't a drug lord. He was a <laughs> district manager. He had a fucking district he ran. And he did. Dude, drugs only get into the fucking country if the people running running the country want the drugs into it. It's like when somebody gets a, uh, a leader gets assassinated. It only happens if the people protecting them let, let it happen. JFK was paraded right into an area where he was going to take out and everybody there was in on it. It was a, it was actually an event like dude, it is like John wick. If you watch John wick movies do where he walks into something and everybody around him's an assassin. That is the plaza in Dallas. Everybody there is an assassin. Just like, just like nine 11. Everybody's there on it, dude. It's crazy, man. It is crazy dude and i just like and this is this is go on sir sorry well just going back to what we mentioned before with these larpers these live action role players you know now you could go into a situation whether it's in real life or just in your online life where one or more of the people that you're interacting with is actually a character playing a role they're not a genuine person interacting with you in a genuine way Either they're from some secret society or from some agency, and they're there to get you and to manipulate you. And, and so you, you think about the combination of powerful AI that knows everything about us, and then, you know, 
thousands, maybe even millions of useful idiots around the world that can be sent to say certain things or go to certain places or, or act a certain way just to manipulate you. I mean, there's nothing good coming from these systems and networks and places. It's all for evil. And yeah, that, that's what makes me think that, you know, we do kind of live in this Luciferian dominated world where the further you go for towards sure. the top of the pyramid, yeah. the closer you get to absolute pure evil, you know, I mean. Dark maybe arts. it's the lizard people or maybe it's just like the, the lack of emotion of, of a reptilian. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more, dude. I could not agree with you more. I think at the highest levels. And, you know, if you believe in lizard people, they feed off our pain, dude. They feed off our pain. And the more miserable we are, the more they like it. And the more you watch the news, the more it's like crime, crime, bad, war, blah, blah, blah. And you're really sad. And it's like. When you, you know, it's old Bill Hicks whole bit. If you stop watching news, you look outside. It seems pretty peaceful. <laughs> it's pretty nice, dude. Uh, and a big thing is Google. I mean, we've seen Google. The head of Google basically created uh, the Chinese social network. And I, I believe that the international banking cabal at the highest levels, uh, they're playing both China and the United States against each other just like they did in World War II. And uh, I don't believe the Nazis lost. I believe they just rebranded themselves kind of like fucking Time Warner and fucking <laughs> Spectrum. You know, they just changed their name from Nazis to CIA and NASA and all that stuff. And you can see evidence of that if you really do If you really doing it. What is going on with uh, Google and, uh, and Eric Schmidt? I mean, like... I've heard so many crazy stories about, you know, China getting him to do stuff for that, uh, for them. And then that, I don't know if you heard about the whole thing about them poisoning him and his daughters, allegedly. And like, it, they were like, if you don't do what we tell you to do, we, we won't give you the, the, you know, the, 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 whatever it's called. What's it called when you, to, um. The antidote. The antidote, excuse me. The antidote, and that actually one of his daughters passed away, and he had to go to North Korea or some crazy. Have you heard any of these Holy stories? No. Yeah, I've, I've heard some of that stuff from uh, 4chan. Uh, Eric Schmidt, I, I'm pretty sure he's actually a German uh, originally. And, uh, you know, he was hired to be the CEO of Google uh, because he went to Burning Man. Uh, the Google guys were presented with, you know, 50 different choices. They didn't like any of them. They wanted Steve Jobs to be their CEO, but he was already running Apple. Uh, and then they, they got this guy because he said, yeah, Bernie man, I go all the time. And he's he's got quite a reputation as a ladies man, Eric Schmidt. Uh, I've been to uh, parties with him where he's surrounded by girls. And, uh, you know, he's on the Pentagon's Defense Science Advisory Board. Uh, and yet we've got pentagon generals coming out saying that it's a great national security concern the collaboration between google and china and and i think it is and you know some of this stuff it's just so uh advanced the technology and you know we got uh, apparently trump doesn't use a computer right i mean maybe that's for security reasons epstein never used a computer but hillary clinton she doesn't seem to have had very much computer knowledge oh, at yeah. all either right so <laughs> so you've got people that know nothing about it in in in, in the western world and then meanwhile, you've got the Russians and the Chinese who are so advanced and sophisticated at, at hacking. 
and you know we'll think nothing about hacking other countries to get ahead so we really need to uh to wake up to this kind of stuff just to have a chance of uh of you know surviving as as a nation as, as a way of life you know I, I i'm not an american citizen but i do really support the constitution and and the ideals of 1776 this was a thing for the world right this was people getting away from these oligarch powers and saying let's live in, in a society where anybody can rise to the top through you know hard work and determination and yeah that that seems to be one of the biggest things that's under attack at the moment yeah it seems like uh, 1776 was a pretty liberal ideas people don't realize that you know free speech is a liberal idea uh, I, uh, the Second Amendment, liberal idea. These are like thoughts that were out. You know, conservatism is. Uh, you know, and listen, I think filth won the cultural war. You know, I always talk about. It. I go to uh, red states all the time to do comedy, and they're wonderful. And then really, what conservatism today is is. Don't tax me. Don't take my guns. And hey, let's wife swap. That seems to be what <laughs> red states are to me. I mean, dude, I go everywhere, and that's what I see there. Like, dude, if you do like a really mean gay joke, like, dude, red states get quiet. They don't enjoy it. They seem to be like they always talk about that. It's like if you kind of look what's going on, like gay bars are dying. Why? Because outside of uh, West Hollywood, why are they dying? Well, because most people are okay with gay guys and gay women hanging out at what well, quote quote straight bars. So. When I go around to these cons red states, Arizona, uh, Florida, Texas, they're very laid back, man. They really are just don't talk, don't tax me, don't take my guns. Like there was a culture war and filth won it. But man, I, I'm reading your notes right now. Uh, dude, Chinese robot armies, is that coming? That's that, and that scares me. Yeah, so so this was uh, that same 4chan post talking about Eric Schmidt being compromised with poison. I mean, his daughter did die. That was true. Um, I find it hard to believe that, you know, a mega wealthy billionaire who's on the Pentagon's scientific advisory board wouldn't have access to any kind of antidote and medical technology there was. So I think that's hard to believe. Now, with the... Uh, the robots, you know, Google did buy Boston Dynamics, who make these... Oh, uh, my the, God. The Atlas the atlas robot right the humanoid robot and oh um there's a God. thing called the the darpa challenge which is a, a robotics prize and the darpa challenge used to be for self-driving cars and it was for a car to complete an obstacle course and for the first few years no car could get to the end of it uh and then a few years later yeah cars could get to the end of it and then one day elon musk just flips a switch and suddenly everybody's Tesla is a self-driving car. Well, the DARPA challenge more recently has been about these humanoid robots walking around, climbing stairs, crawling over rubble, opening doors, using tools, and all that stuff's real. Now, so, some guys have been making some videos where they, they do motion capture in the suits and everything, and they do martial arts, and then they, they replay it as if it's the robot doing these martial arts. But... Um, you, you think about this technology and that, you know, we're seeing stuff that is being released to the public. There's other stuff in labs that we won't see for 10, 20, 30 years. Um, I think for sure they have humanoid robots that can shoot a gun, that can punch you, that can kick down a door, that can that can jump. Uh, and so would there be an army of them? Like, yeah, quite possibly. But this Terminator-style thing where there's, you know, 2,000 lifelike robots that, you know, have got a machine gun in each hand or whatever, and they're going to come and get us. I don't think that's so scary a scenario. To me, the scary, the scary scenario is these mini drones that you have a swarm of a thousand or ten thousand 
micro drones and, and each one has like a poison dart and they send that to take down, you know, a president or world leader or whatever. How are you going to defend it from it? You can't shoot 10,000 drones out of the sky, you know, you get big it's nets just, or whatever. You know, so It's just the, the Matrix is a dock. It really is a dock. It is like we're going to have to invent that thing that shoots that energy thing that just turns off all power on every – I mean, it's – and it's like I tell these, hey, really smart weirdo people at uh, at the top of this. I don't know if you watched the Terminator movie, but the elites don't get to survive the killer robots. They don't go, oh, dude, you got you got a lot of Bitcoin, you could stay, or you know, you 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 worked at Google, you like Moloch, you could hang out. They like they they get rid of everybody. I don't know if you noticed this. Well, the army just bought nine thousand mini drones that they're gonna release to, in Afghanistan. Like that's dude, where it those starts. poor Afghani people. It's just like <laughs> they were just born. I'm like that's my whole thing. Like my this show is not about making change. It's just like learning about history and just like having some compassion for people because we've demonized we just demonize people who are just born in the wrong place and just like we just for some reason think it's fine just to release terror. I mean. Trump tried to pull out of Afghanistan, and then all of a sudden, boom, the Taliban decides to just blow shit up, even though they want us to leave there. That's their thing. It, it makes no sense to me whatsoever. It, it, it's unbelievable how we've allowed uh, the, the the powers that be to take uh, take our military, mm. our sons and daughters, Sounds and like use another them. Flash, a false flag. Yep. They blew that shit up themselves so they can stay there. Why leave? It's just stupid. Why leave? But, but uh, you know, I think you make a good point that the elites don't survive the uh, introduction of the robot armies, right? So how can you get people to come and build these systems, you know, knowing that these systems could very potentially create the end of civilization itself? And that's why I think the, that Silicon Valley had to create the Grateful Dead and then Burning Man. It's like, just give, give them drugs, you know, give them access to, to easy sex, and distract them, you know, and tell them that they're cool and they're part of a cool group because they, they can rebel from society by going to this concert and taking some LSD. Uh, and then they can go back to their work at Lockheed Martin the next day and, and build some killer robots. And, you know, they, they don't think too deeply about their job. Like, you know, am I really creating something where in 100 years Earth will be gone due to my efforts? Yeah. Most of them, I think, are totally unaware of that. They're like, they just sit in their compartment and they do one bit and they're like, oh, you know, I'm making the world's best robot elbow. No one's ever had as, as good of a robot elbow as this thing I've spent five years on. You know? Yeah. What will be the downfall of man? Cash, grass, and ass. That's what it'll be, dude. Cash, grass, and ass will fucking bring us down. You know, these nerds who couldn't get laid in high school, creating robots. That they just and then that ends up taking us out. Steve, you were wonderful. Uh, we I just feel like I yelled at you for an hour, but I had a great time doing it. Uh, Steve, real quick, tell them about your podcast one more time, where they can find everything. Yeah, Crypto Beast on YouTube. I think it's in the Apple Podcast as well, and I'm Steve Outram on Twitter. What's going on? Also, with I have a, I have a, I have a blog at burners.me. B u r n e r s dot m e. What's going on with Bitcoin? Yeah, so yeah, Bitcoin uh, is the first thing that we've had in world history where it's mathematically pure scarcity. 
So we used to have this thing of the gold standard, and the idea was there's only so much gold in the world, so you know money could be backed by something really solid and, and scarce. The problem with that is that we don't actually know how much gold there is in the world, and now gold can be you know 3D printed or otherwise made in laboratories. Oh my God. So Bitcoin, there's, 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 there's only ever going to be uh, a certain number of Bitcoins, about 21 million, and we're up to about 17 million now. Um, and so as a store of value, mathematically, it makes sense. The problem is it relies on this cryptographic technology where if quantum computing or some other development comes along that can bust through the cryptography, uh, that's going to be a very, very serious threat to Bitcoin. And if you just look at uh, the way computers evolve and, and they basically get twice as fast every 18 months, um, it's it's almost inevitable that computers will reach that stage at some point in the future. So um, you know, I, I, I like Bitcoin. I would buy more Bitcoin if I had more spare money, you know, uh, but it's the sort of thing where rather than putting your life savings in it, if you could get like, you know, a hundred bucks, 50 bucks a month and every month just, you know, kind, kind of buy buy some Bitcoin or buy some other cryptocurrencies and start slowly accumulating a portfolio of it, um, then you don't have to worry so much about the, these dips. It's extremely volatile. And when these things go up and down so quick, that's that's when the real sharks, the, the whales, they call them in the Bitcoin world, they make the big bucks. Um, but you know, the, the, the rest of us, it can be you know very nerve wracking and stressful if you've got <laughs> money tied up in Bitcoin and you log on to your computer one morning and you lost 30% of it overnight. Um, well, I, think, I think it has a future, but it has... You know, the original white papers that sort of describe the technology that went into Satoshi Nakamoto's Bitcoin white paper, they were written by people at the NSA. Uh, so, you know, the, the, you, you can't, no, nobody really knows who Nakamoto is. Nobody really knows who holds about, you know, 40% of the, the Bitcoins. Uh, it, could, could it be the Rothschilds creating a new economic world order like they put on the, the cover of their Economist magazine, a, a phoenix rising from currency ashes with a big Bitcoin in its mouth? And uh, I think that was 1998 that came out predicting 20 years. Uh, you know, we know that they definitely want to have one world currency, uh, what, you know, one system for everyone. And then scarily now with this Chinese social credit system, they also want to have, you know, a social score social capital, social money, and the two are possibly going to be tied together where if you don't recognize and accept the 75 genders, you won't be able to make an ATM with them. <laughs> oh my, do you, a final question. Do you think it will ever get to a hundred grand the way everybody says it, what all these experts have been saying? Um, yeah, I think it will. Yeah, I think it will. All right. I'm going to hold Sam's on. Sam's winning. Look. Look at Sam's I'm face. I'm all in, dude. I'm all in. <laughs> Steve, uh, I could talk to you forever. Uh, let's let's not let this go that long to have you back on. I appreciate you. You're a wonderful, uh, you're a wonderful interview. You're full of um, tons of information. When you get another juicy uh, thread, come back on, and we'll spread the, the word of the legend of Steve Alterim. Uh, he's a wonderful guy. He's a G. Follow him on Instagram. Listen to his podcast, because if you like what he hear, I'm, I, I would love to hear him on a, a regular basis. I appreciate you coming on, man, and if you ever make it to the States again, come in studio and hang out, bros. 
Awesome. Would love to. Thanks so much, guys. You're the best. I love talking to people way smarter than me. XG, you were great. <laughs> thank Johnny, you. thank you for being quiet and not interrupting because you ruin the show every time. Uh, guys, <laughs> thanks for sitting in. You guys looked incredibly bored during it, so I, I'm dying to hear what uh, info you guys are. Anything. I had a great time. I know the listeners are going to love it, Steve, and I can't wait to uh, do it again soon, my friend. Thank you. Me too. Take care, boss. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Tinfoil hat. We go deep, homeboy.